0: Forgotten Flicks, episode 38, A Nightmare on Elm Street,
1: 1984. Fred Krueger's the name, you know my game. Elm Street's the place, you got the time. Listen to this, you'll bust the ride. Fred Krueger's the myth, but Fred Kruger the man. There's nothing matter because I'm still
0: Hello and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. I am Joel and joined as always by the, I'll just say lovely, Jason. Jason? Hello? Lovely? Oh, sorry.
2: Lovely. <laughs> I was like,
0: <laughs> did Skype crap out on me already? <laughs> uh, no, I just stopped listening. Okay. <clears throat>
2: How you doing, man? I am doing phenomenal. I am doing Fantastic had a good week yeah.
0: you? have you Ah, uh, yes indeedy yes indeedy uh so uh, tonight we will or today whatever i, I keep forgetting it's a podcast <laughs> we will be discussing a nightmare on elm street the oh, real yeah. one you know <laughs> the one with like latex rubber and you know robert england mm. yes from 1984 and before we do that though, before we get into that and then you know, towards the end we get into our little Flix Picks action, where we make a couple uh, quick movie recommendations. Quick, Mm -hmm. because that's definitely what I think of when I think of this podcast. (laughs) Jason, uh, did you have a little uh, reminder? A little, uh, uh, you know, uh, prostitution. A little, uh, you know.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Just want to remind everybody out there, we are in the midst of voting. For the Podcast Awards. And this year, um, as you all probably know, we have been nominated for Best Movie or Film Podcast. And um, pretty stiff competition, but we need everybody to go out and vote. You can vote once a day, um, anytime up until October 27th. So be sure and visit Podcastawards.com. It's right on the front. It's not difficult, it's usually a click. Uh, But um, be sure and go in there and uh, give us a vote each day. And uh, if we win, <sighs>
0: it'll make Jason well, very happy because he's. It'll make me happy. He, his, he really, <laughs> really, really needs it, folks. It's sad. It's sad. I have no validation in my this life. Is, this is something. really all he's got going on. <laughs> Hi, please. But before we get into uh, we have a, a listener uh, feedback, a little comment about the, the movie we'll be talking about. Before we get into that, I would like to introduce someone who is joining us for this third installment in the 2011 October Spooky Flicks Fest. We are joined by writer, director, producer, basically captain awesome himself mr paul mr paul osborne
3: hey guys i have to live up to that now you totally do now i have to be awesome
0: yes you really do have to be awesome
3: if you called me a big bag of suck, then I could like <laughs> surprise everybody. But now, like, well, apparently he's supposed to be awesome. Yes, he's, he's nine pounds. To be awesome, boy. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me
0: aboard. Yeah, man, it's our it's our pleasure. And uh, uh, Paul, um, for, for those that don't know, and really, folks, that's just sad. Um, he directed <laughs> he directed a so. yeah he directed a kick-ass documentary called Official Rejection. And it's sort of a behind-the-scenes look at what uh, indie filmmakers go through on the film festival circuit. And as a uh, former-slash-recovering wannabe indie filmmaker myself, I could totally appreciate all the crap that they were dealing with. And uh, it's it's a great movie. It's got Kevin Smith in it. And uh, you had... Um Lloyd Kaufman, right, was in that, and uh, yep, and yeah. his naked ass, and his naked. That was that was a great moment. Spoiler <laughs> <Yeah>. alert! Um, <laughs> and, and it is fantastic. It's on Netflix. Was it instant play? Because I think I actually had the DVD no, sent to me. No, yeah. See,
3: we, we managed to get the DVD on Netflix b- just before they brought down the We Hate Indies window.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, we didn't make
3: streaming, which is very unfortunate. Got it. Uh, it's we're the- looking into options now for streaming. You can stream us, though, on uh, Amazon.
0: Oh, okay. Very cool. We'll check we them out. We're on there. Amazon
3: streaming. It's like, I, was like, I think it's not it, – it might be free if you have Prime. I'm not really sure. I know that it's – if you don't have Prime, it's a couple of bucks, but it's instant play, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. in the meantime, we're working on streaming um in various other forms.
0: Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, yes. Yeah, Give uh, us a chance. Yeah, know, I do. It, it, I I watch it. It was fantastic. Actually, uh, Paul narrates it, which is sort of this has got a little surreal because I like heard his voice, you know, in the movie. And now he's talking in my ear. So kind of uh, <laughs> kind 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 of, interesting, but I'm a big fan of the movie. The movie is awesome. And you have another project that you're currently working on. So I'm going to I do
3: actually. Yes. And the funny thing is that the, this current project, I just finished uh, shooting a movie called Favor, which I wrote and directed. Um, that actually prevented me from being on an earlier podcast because I you asked me to be on. I'm like I'm sorry, I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. That's a good reason to be busy, I, I guess. Yes, yeah, uh, we uh, accepted yeah, it. So that one's that one's in post, and we're looking hopefully at having it done next summer and hitting awesome. the circuit shortly after that. I'm sure. Sundance and slam Dance and Tribeca will be happy to reject that with uh, a vengeance after official rejection. Took the to task a little bit on their practices.
0: Yeah, but see, isn't that so, kind of the... We'll yeah, but, see, but wait a
3: we'll minute. see how, how popular I am on the circuit after that movie.
0: But, but ultimately, that's not how conspiracies are supposed to work, you see. By you doing that, by you being the whistleblower type, they have to let you in now. Because if they don't, it looks like sing. they're being petty.
3: That's the thing. You think any festival would see official rejection and say, oh, my God, if we don't accept him.
0: Yeah, totally. Like, if
3: we accept him, we immediately absolve ourselves. So clearly we're not the problem because we, yes. we accept him. Yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's
3: everybody else. We're cool. I, <laughs> I would think you could have said. was in... one festival that – a major festival that actually called uh, called me when official rejection was making this runs in the circuit. They actually called to reject me. <laughs> um, and you know, like, a, like a Saturday night <laughs> – So they were – I mean clearly it was something they they really – and it was – the funny thing, the guy was like, I really like your movie in a lot of ways, but man, we're going to reject it this year. I just – you know, I I took issue with a lot of things you said, which is a shame because I like the filmmaking. And I said, well, like what? And they said, well, you know what? Are you saying we don't watch all the submissions all the way through? And I said, well, do you? And he was like, well, no. Some of them really suck. You can tell (laughs) right away. I'm like, so oh, So I'm telling (laughs) the truth. So it's not that I'm lying or spitting spreading misinformation. you just don't like that I said it.
0: You just don't like that you actually put it out there and people right. And then they know say, well look, no,
3: there are other festivals that are way worse than us. Like we're really good. You should take them down. But we you should leave us alone.
0: So that's like the serial killer that says, <laughs> Hey, I've only killed four people. That guy over there killed twelve. Am I really
3: <laughs> So you know, the real problem are the smaller festivals. That's actually what they said. And I said I no. No. That's not necessarily true there, pal. Wow. Oh, I won't my. name this festival, but they were uh, they were very offended.
2: Did you ask them if they were officially rejecting you now? <laughs> <laughs>
3: they, they did. They officially – well, he called me. He was calling to reject me because you won't be receiving a letter because I'm calling to let you know. Oh. It's like oh, oh okay. Well that's honestly that was worth the price of the submission to get the guy to call me and tell me what he thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I still think though that, that it should have all kind of culminated with you sending in your next movie being sort of this documentary about you sitting on a couch in your underwear with like a, a bowl of Captain Crunch in your lap, just watching a movie, like for an hour and a half, and you should have sent it in and they should have still let you in because they would have been so intimidated by the whole
3: idea how did but... you know what my next movie was <laughs> It's called how did captain crunch how did you do spoiler alert d- d- dude. that's what favor's about yeah about the, me. The, the... it's actually cap <laughs> chocula so oh, I oh guess, okay oh.
0: Okay. Well, I
3: kept, oh, and I spoiled that.
0: Oh very, well, there it goes. Well, see, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, see, 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 uh, see. Ulti- ultimately, the screenplays they just get out on the internet. Paul, it's like you know, when when those exactly when, when yeah. You know, Fa-
3: they, favor is actually uh, not about me eating Captain Crunch, but I think now that I've got that idea in my head, yes, <laughs> I think it, you want
0: it'll be a fic- official rejection too.
3: <laughs> Inspired by Jason and Joel. That's right. <laughs> yeah, by Jason and yeah. Joel. But, my first line. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Captain Christmas, movie. That's mine. That's uh, mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got that all for me. No, yeah, no. Nope, yeah. My nope, idea. That's
0: my idea. You can't uh, steal ideas.
3: Yeah, impossible. Yes. It totally... don't, don't tell that to Tarantino.
0: No, no. You no. have nothing left. Not, <laughs> what? <gasps> Heresy.
3: All right. Just... I love Quentin Tarantino, but uh, dude, I'm. City just... on Fire, Reservoir Dogs. I'm just saying. No. Mm, I'm just saying.
0: Well, of course we could go down the road and point out that Hidden Fortress, Star Wars: A New Hope, but
3: hey. Hey. Oh, well, you know what? Not only Hidden Fortress, Star Wars, A New Hope, if you, if you watch the original Buck Rogers serial with Buster Crab, uh-huh. that's Star Wars too. Hidden yeah. City, over, Overarching Empire, the whole bit. Where's the Hidden nice. City? Even down to the way the credits go. Wow. It's like flowing uh, away yeah, from the right. screen in that exact pristine, And it's the exact same thing. So, what you're basically huh. saying
0: is for the prequels, he should have found a different serial to rip off. I think he should better. have gone with
3: like um, Flash Gordon. Something. God. I don't know. Oh. Something. Anything. Yeah,
0: just side. I down. have to
3: pretend it doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, yeah smart man. <laughs>
3: no. Okay, we will
0: now go into the feedback. We have, like I said, one voicemail. We'll just go ahead and listen to that, and then uh, you guys can respond accordingly to our, our buddy uh, Tom the Fanboy. So here it is.
4: This is Tom the Fanboy reporting in. I called in late last time, so I wanted to call back with my thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street, and maybe they can replace my uh, piece on The Thing from last time so I can be contemporary. So as a kid, my parents managed to keep me from seeing the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and most other horror, uh, hardcore horror movies, though so I did sneak in one of the sequels at my friend's house eventually. Uh, the rest I had described for me in graphic detail by my classmates um, during school, like at recess, especially when uh, the cafeteria radio station would play Nightmare on My Street by Will Smith. Freddy was always the monster that scared me the most growing up because everything else was something you could run away from, or maybe hide from, or maybe even fight. Jason or Leatherface and the, the old Universal monsters attacked you in the real world with knives and claws and things, but since Freddy was in your dreams, there was really no way to escape. His murders were always the most creative too, since they weren't bound by reality. That's one of the reasons he fits so well as a special bonus character in the new Mortal Kombat game, because you know, that's that sort of power is easily matched for any fireball shooting martial art master. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think I got to watch the original all the way through until college, the the time that most kids play rated R catch-up at the video store. So I've had a chance to watch the film a few times over the years, and i got to say, the original <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street uh, never disappoints. Uh, the, the effects still look pretty good, and it's clear why some of them, like the, the wall stretching out over the victim, have become iconic in the horror genre. Today I was particularly impressed by the scenes where the victims are being tossed around by Invisible Freddy, even though dragging up the walls and across the ceiling was done earlier, like in Poltergeist. So that's all I've got to say about that film without getting into the sequels by accident. So, this is Tom the Fanboy, signing off. Sweet dreams.
0: Thank you, Tom. <laughs> and uh yes, video store. What is that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I missed the wow. video store. Yeah.
0: <sighs> I realized I dated myself when I said to somebody not that long ago, yeah, one of my favorite things to do is like go to the video store and you know, hang out at the bookstore and they're looking at me like the what? What huh? is that? What's that? What's
3: Well, the thing about it, like back to Tarantino, I mean, Tarantino's whole, you know, yeah. ethos is yeah. he uh, film, you know, educated in a video store and, yep. uh, the video archives and what is it? Manhattan beach or, and, uh, that doesn't exist anymore. His pathway in, yep. at least according to his legend, no longer exists. Yeah. Well, ex- ex- so,
0: yeah. So what, what, what will the next generation be? Yeah. So I like, we'd hang out on Netflix all day long.
4: I was totally
2: like YouTubing. Yeah. And yeah. I was inspired. It was great. <laughs> I think- yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think there's something
3: I mean, and this is this is I realize when I said this is like the old man in me, like, oh, I think there's something to be said for this. But I think there is <laughs> something to be said for um, being in person somewhere. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, video store, there still are some video stores. And I, I think that necessarily isn't going to be that that's kind of going the way, away. But what I'm hoping is that um, people still go to the movies. Yeah. And I'm hoping that micro cinemas start to sort of come back i think with indie film they're starting to pop up i've noticed like official rejection has been invited to play a bunch of them there's a a one in la and they uh these little those like 50 60 seat theaters that play sort of indie films oddball films and they have a sort of a um a small sort of constituency that goes to them periodically and Uh and they usually are usually have a bar associated with them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that situation where you know you're you're 21, you're 20 years old, you, you go to these things and you're seeing films that you, you know, weird stuff that isn't available on Netflix that you just, it's hard to find and, and you, you know, or stuff that's new. And you meet yeah. the filmmakers and you sit down and you begin to get to know the curators and the other people that go and you begin to sort of, uh, who hopefully are also filmmakers and you begin to sort of um, develop a collective uh, um, information sharing, which I think that that's what's missing. What was great about video stores is that the clerks, like I mean, for example, you know, talking about uh Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean, that was one where I went to go rent that at my local video store when I was
0: 16,
3: because uh-huh. I came, in, came and went in theaters where I was, and I was like, well, I'm going to go rent it, and it was always out, so yeah. so I remember going to the clerk, you'll love this story, I went to the clerk, and I said, you know, is Evil Dead, and she's like, no, no, it's out, or oh, no, it's uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, in? and she said, no, it's out, but maybe if you'd like this one instead, the Evil Dead, <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, what's that? She's like, well, just check it out. I'm like, this box looks like, stupid. It's woman coming out of the lake. <laughs> like, just trust me. Watch it. Watch the, And watch it alone. Uh, <laughs> and watch it at midnight. And she I says to
2: it. a 16-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, well,
3: she, was like, she was only like 17 or 18. Oh. She was, was this older film nerd chick who went to some <laughs> other high school that I didn't know. And she worked at the store, and she recommended um, Evil Dead to me. And uh, she recommended a bunch of stuff. She rec- and then she recommended it for Reanimator. Uh-huh. So – my going to that store sort of gave me access to stuff that she was privy to that I wouldn't have mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. known. I mean, I'm, probably, I'm sure eventually I would have known it existed, but I was the, I, I was on the ground floor among my friends of Evil Dead. I was on the ground floor among my friends of Ran in it. Mm-hmm. I was the first one of people that I knew to see those movies, and I was the one going, my God, you got to check this out. You know, mm-hmm. long, I mean, before I got my hands, because Nightmare on Elm Street was always out. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know... If, uh,
0: It'll finally be returned so you can see it.
3: <laughs> one day <laughs> yeah. uh, we, you know, that's I was really like that wasn't nearly as good as Evil Dead yeah. that was um, my reaction uh, true <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I could see on.
0: this
3: one first in Evil Dead the next week
2: mm-hmm. so. that's that's one of the things I'm thinking that uh, well, at least I know that Joel and I have experienced this doing the podcast is the whole podcasting genre is is, is giving people a voice to be able to interact about the film so it, not just the um, you know, going, to, getting a video streaming, or getting it on iTunes, where you maybe read a review or see something that somebody else has written about it. But actually interfacing and back and forth about yeah. something that's cutting edge, something that's new, something that's independent, something that's under the radar—that's um, been the greatest part for for us. I know is being able to interact with people firsthand, other other film nerds, you know, which has really given us a great uh, uh, outlet for that kind of thing. So it's maybe it's not completely replacing it, but it's at least uh, hopefully filling a little bit of a void. So.
3: Yeah, I think that it is actually. And when I first heard about your podcast, I thought what a cool thing. It's kind of it's, it is this is the video store chatter that you really don't get anymore.
0: And we make about as much as no. video store clerks. Exactly.
3: <laughs> Whoa, so wait. Fortunately, your you bottom line is a little, uh, <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, there's no overhead. Yeah, really. this is
0: true. This is no. very um, I hope true.
3: you have jobs other than this.
0: Oh. That's all I have to say. Rap. Uh, okay. I knew oh. I was doing something wrong, Jason. I <laughs> <laughs> That's why she left me. Damn it. Tried all to tell you it all makes sense now. No. <laughs> all right. So, it wasn't the no
3: pants thing. It was
0: the podcast. No, no, well, it was always the no pants thing. That that just gave her a good laugh. <laughs> yes. So, gentlemen, would you like to now dip, in, dip our toe into the waters that are Frederick Krueger? And, oh, please. Yeah, and uh, first we'll hit the folks with a spoiler alert even
1: before the trailer just because. Yeah, you think a killer who comes into your dreams is the most disconcerting part, but that isn't really it. You see, what really is is the fact that this guy used to be in real life a child. Excuse me. Excuse me.
0: Spoiler alert, please. Thank you to JV for the – yeah, Tina. Thank you to JV for taking our spoiler alert and making it awesome. (laughs) Awesomer. Well, yeah, I'll just say awesome.
2: You can't get get awesomer than the little Metro.
0: Yeah, the the little little roller skate with an engine. Okay. (laughs) So now let's get into the –
2: ever heard.
0: What did you say? That
3: was like the coolest spoiler alert I've ever heard. Yeah, I know.
0: Well, it, it, it used to just be the nerd running up and, you know, getting on you for spoiling. Now it actually kind of makes sense because there's somebody talking and he then gets See, on It there.
2: takes somebody else to have us make sense. Yeah, it really does. Do it no,
0: it's pretty much impossible. Right. All right, gentlemen. Now the trailer for A Nightmare on Elm
1: Street. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet. But something is coming to get them.
4: There's something out there, isn't there?
1: You could just see cuts happening. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. Peter! There's The coroner I've got to say. I've seen the John in Puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure.
4: Did you do it?
1: There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive
0: and came out in a rubber bag. No
1: one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the Boogeyman?
4: No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep.
1: No! Ah! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. (coughs) No one will survive. (coughs) Help me! Where are you? From Wes Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror: Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Okay, after Mind Warp, that may be my most favorite audio-only trailer with the...
4: Ah, pff, 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 pff,
2: <laughs> 9, 10, never sleep again. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I just love trailers that really require the visuals <laughs> to get the full effect.
3: That was
2: awesome. Yes, Jason, nice.
0: would, you, would you like to hit us with the synopses real quick for the old nightmare on Elm Street?
2: Absolutely. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar, this is a story of one Frederick Kruger, um, a 'er ne'er-do-well who apparently got caught betwixt the bad sights of a couple of parents who happen to be psychopaths. Um, No, this is the story of a set of teenagers, four of them to be precise, who are starting to have common dreams, and they see this monster of a man with green and red sweater and a glove with giant razor blades, and he starts to visit and consequently kill them in their dreams all except for young Nancy who is the our heroine for this movie and her dad is a uh, like a lieutenant or you know, I, think something in I, the...
0: think, I think he's pretty much a chief. He's, he's, he's a, chief. a town sheriff, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, sheriff. Yeah, I think he's just supposed to be the sheriff.
2: Yeah,
0: lieutenant so or something. John Saxon.
2: Well, you know, what can you do? Yeah, it doesn't matter. She's John yeah, yeah, Saxon. Exactly. That's
0: what I do is walk and go, I'm John uh, Saxon. Her dad's a badass. Right. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she has these nightmares. No one believes her that something is obviously coming in her dreams until uh, at one point she starts to make connection that Freddie may have been a real person and is now trying to come back and seek his vengeance in the dreams of the people who impacted them. So I'll leave the finale up for you to rewatch or listen later because we're probably going to talk about it. But um, that's basically the story is that it's a mass murderer with a burnt-up face like a weenie. and <laughs> <laughs> like, like a
0: burnt-up weenie? Yeah. yeah. His face is burnt what, what you, up like a weenie what you, and his name is Fred. What are you Fred. into? <laughs> of course, I guess with five kids, I might resort to that too.
3: Can we start with the most obvious question of the entire Nightmare on Elm Street situation? Go ahead. So, Freddy gets into your dreams and he can control your dreams. He can make his arms super long. He Mm can turn himself into a giant worm. I mean, if you want to look at all the things Uh he does throughout all the movies, why can't he make himself better looking? I mean, does he really have to like? (laughs) Do you want to be stuck looking burnt? I mean,
0: I, okay. D- uh, to play, I mean, De-
3: I, mean I might want to be scary, but I want to be like good looking scary.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I well, uh, I would say, um, n- numero uno, uh, I, I don't know how well the movie would have done at the box office, but number two, I think that <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, Girls I, I,
3: would have liked it more.
0: Oh, there, there is that. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, a love story. Uh, <laughs> we just saying,
3: like, like if you're going if you want to kill these kids, would you like want to be the hot girl, get really close? Well, to he die? definitely no. Like, well, like, uh, turn, then turn ha- hey, wait, what's, what's, wait, 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 wait. But he has done. Wait, 3. Nightmare three. A movie
0: called Teeth. No. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's great. No, <laughs> na- right. Nightmare on Elm Street three, in the asylum with the kid who can't speak. Remember what happens? Oh, the that's hot nurse, huh? So he has done. This is not without precedent. He has done that. Okay.
3: I stand... I, I, I,
0: now, to your point, I, though, I think you meant, like, why didn't he do that from the word go? Like, why didn't he make himself look like Johnny Depp?
3: Well, I'm thinking, like, you know, if I'm kind of a kind of a loser who's, like, the the, the school janitor, whoever he was, lives in, like, the basement, uh-huh. and is taking his, like, sick thrills, like, off the young girls, and is just, just a loner and a loser, when you finally have the chance to be anything you want, wouldn't you come out of there, like, being, like, Brad Pitt?
0: See, I don't think he can be anything he wants, because I think that at the end of the day... Fred Krueger is a demon, or is you know basically been he's sort of like a deal with the devil kind of thing. So I think that he, I, I think there's probably certain parameters, hence why we won't go into the ending right off the bat. But
3: well, we, or the idea that he's he wants to scare them,
0: and I think there's definitely that aspect. Like yeah. if
3: he's, if he's like, cute, then he's he's really scary. I mean, yeah, which you could then make. A, go ahead. Well, say as opposed to appearing as the burnt up guy who yeah. is the result of their parents' fury.
0: Uh huh. Because then it would beg the bigger point that okay, well, if he burn up, wouldn't his clothes would burn up? And if he has to look that way, why aren't his clothes looking burnt? And why? We're flame how, retardant. Ah, oh, that's it. They're
3: <laughs> like Kevlar like, good,
2: sweater, yeah. like good pajamas. <laughs> 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 Wait, aren't any good pajamas flame attractant? Right, that's the melt on your body kind of thing. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> yes.
0: Now I will yeah. say I will say up front. I want to be completely honest because people know how I tend to feel about remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen the 2010 version. I don't know if either of you have. I have not. I've seen clips no. of it. I have. I am very much aware of it. I'm aware of the story. I'm, I you know read a bunch of the reviews afterwards. And what's said is, I actually kind of wanted to see it because of Jackie Earle, Jackie Earl Haley as Kruger because I thought that was a really cool casting yeah. move. Um, yeah, but from what I have seen. Uh, I will eventually it's in my queue. It's actually one of the next ones that's coming out. I was hoping to get it in before we did this podcast, but and,
2: alas. It, it's the, one of the things that stood out for Nightmare for me was that whole the whole beginning of the movie is the build up that Tina's having these nightmares. It's not even Nancy that's really the heroine in the beginning. Um, you know, Tina is the really kind of the the starts out by the one she's the one that's having the nightmares. She's trying to tell her friends about it. Um and and they're not You know, they're not believing her or they're then showing up to kind of be there to support her when something happens. And and of course, her her boyfriend, Rod, is there. And when she gets into that dream, when her boyfriend's in bed with her and then she goes out and that's when the long arm sequence happens and he starts chasing her all the way up to that. He's still even though he's scary, he's still kind of this goofy scary almost. I mean, not you
0: you know what he reminded me of, Jason. Do you remember old school Daffy Duck? Like Daffy Duck ended up becoming this sort of bitter, angry character, <laughs> yeah.
2: but old school
0: Daffy Duck was just hoo, 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 and just bouncing off everything. Yes. That's yes. what Freddie kind of, was like, like.
2: Absolute lunatic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and when he's chasing her, even up to the point where, cause I haven't seen this movie in many, I've many, many years. Yeah. I, I have to agree with Tom. This was one of those that I did in rated R catch up because when it first came out, my parents are like, uh, no no, 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 no. I saw this yeah. when I was they 11 years all old, All kinds of other stuff, but this one for some reason. And then I saw it later and I'm like. Okay, yeah, I see why, and then I watched it more recently, and i 'm like okay it wasn 't as scary as I remembered it being, but I noticed some more things like um when Tina actually falls into the bushes and Freddie falls on top of her, and Rod wakes up and she 's kind of fighting somebody, and he pulls the sheets off, and there 's no one there, yeah, and the shot is next to rod 's head looking up at the far corner of the room when she gets basically Blast splattered up both, the wall yeah. and you know rolled up the wall, kind of like in uh. And Polter Poltergeist, guys. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And she kind of gets sl- splayed and splattered all across there. And then she just falls to the ground and she's dead. I mean, that almost going into this cold, if you would seen it in the theaters, this was a well, wait a second that she was the main character. And, yeah, 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 they're uh,
0: supposed to be there for her.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, the whole thing was set up like she was going to be it. Yeah, it's the psycho switch.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah,
3: which which Craven did again in Scream. Actually, yes,
0: and actually this movie definitely has a lot of echoes. Well, I rather Scream rather has a lot of echoes on this film. Um, yeah. one thing I noted was that uh, when uh, Glenn Johnny Depp, and if, for those that don't know, this was actually Johnny Depp's first uh, big feature film debut, so, uh, you know, but his character lives across the street and Glenn is going up the trellis and seeks into a room. Well, that's very mm-hmm. reminiscent of mm-hmm. in Scream when Billy shows up at, uh, you know, the Sydney's Climbed kid. Yeah, the you go, trellis, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, there, yeah. there's there's all these cool little echoes and if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember the actor's name and I didn't have a chance to write it down but he was the one cop he was was uh, bald, I mean, mostly bald on top. Um, he's a big guy. He was one of the cops. I don't know if they even said his name but I believe he was the sheriff in Scream. No. Uh, yes. Yeah. I can't oh, remember that's the guy's awesome. name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. Yep.
3: That's great. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but it's a. It, <laughs> and
0: that's. What, and I, honestly, and that's one of the things I did want to get into. You know, before uh, we we wrap everything up. Uh, but was was craven as a filmmaker because obviously his filmography is hit and miss i mean i'm the first one to admit that i love his movies but they, they you know hills have eyes too come on uh you know, uh, you
4: know.
0: <laughs> vampire in brooklyn while by far is not a great movie at least has some decent like uh, you know effects in it uh, <laughs> but it's still a horrible movie um yes <laughs> and even even movie, he does have a handful that people call horrible but eh, i i guilty pleasures like deadly friend or shocker i mean they're bad oh, but they're deadly friend jesus dude it's got <laughs> oh, it's got christy oh, swanson though God. back in the day man come on now. <laughs> oh.
3: you don't like deadly friend I, I remember I, that came out in theaters, and I, I was in I was in college, and I was trying to get friends of mine to go see with me. I'm like, let's go see Dilly Friends from the director of ran an They're like, oh no, we don't want to see that. Crap. <laughs> looks looks cool. It's a hot girl, and she's evil. And you know, the ads didn't show the robot. <laughs> so, I,
0: but did they show the basketball? Like,
3: Screw it. I'm gonna go by myself. I'm gonna have a great time. You guys are a bunch of idiots. I'm you know, I go to the theater. And it's, it's basically short-circuit horror movie. <laughs> his girlfriend dies, so he puts the brain of his robot in her. And oddly enough, she's not the same. Uh, and, and then it has that Wes Craven ending, which like, it seems like all of his movies up the screen have this Wes Craven ending where he can't think of an ending. So weirdness happens for no reason. So the robot completely formed hatches out of the girl's skin.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I can't,
3: I can't. You know, I, I think if I was, if I saw it at the right age, like I think is, I think is a, a, I was, a I was ten, life where you see a movie and the movie can be crap, yeah, but if it hits you at that right age, yeah, you have this yeah, nostalgia yeah. thing for it. Totally. I was not at that age. I just hate that movie. <laughs> that's it. it's bad. I, I was. Can't, I can't hate it. I can it. sit through again. It wasn't great. Circuit yeah. are so putting the rainbows, okay? Yeah. Come on, man! Deadly friends?
0: No, Dad. But see, I was like ten or eleven when it came out, so but, I
3: suppose. Yeah, it's like the bluest clues of horror movies, guys.
2: It's-
0: <laughs> <laughs> that explains it.
2: Yes, <laughs> but it has Anne Ramsey. Yeah, you hate it. And a
0: basketball man, you know, death scene.
3: <laughs> I know Anne Ramsey's hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do have that Playboy she did have to throw on from the train. <laughs> oh God! <Bloody> but. Uh, <laughs> You know I, the fact that she never washes her hair, either upstairs or downstairs, oh. makes it really awesome. <laughs> but I'm just saying, all the
0: horror movies I've ever seen—that's the image I'll never, ever <laughs> be able to erase from my mind. I've seen, I spit on your grave. I've seen the original Last House of the Last. I've seen all of the. I, that is the image I will never have get been, out of.
3: Oh my No, God. but have you seen? Have you seen uh, Innocent Blood? I believe it's called. Oh
0: yes, the uh, John Landis directed Vampire flick. Okay, right?
3: yeah, yeah, you see seen that movie. All right. Very obscure forgotten flicks. Yes, true. Um the scene where Don Rickles as the mobster who's been bitten by the vampire turns into the vampire when he's in the uh-huh. uh, hospital room. Uh-huh. You familiar with the scene? Yes. Yes. He gets out of bed like, like he's turned into a vampire. He's died and come back as a vampire and he's and the nurse comes in, she has no idea. The room's totally dark. You think it's nighttime. So like she's like, mm-hmm, get more, you know. Hello, Mr. Johnson Hall. She walks in the room. She's straightening things. He gets out of bed. Aah. He's all she doesn't. She doesn't see him. Her back's to him. He's all vampired out. She goes over. She's like straightening or whatever. And he's Aah. he's coming up behind her. He's gonna bite her and kill her. And then that right before he's about to get her, she pulls back the curtains. It Turns out it's actually morning. It's actually daytime.
0: Oh, that's she pulls right. Pulls back
3: the curtain and the light streams in. Right as he's about to pounce on her. so suddenly he's bathed in daylight and he goes – and he starts to like burn from the daylight. And he basically burns like a big screaming cigarette. <laughs> so the idea that, that there's somewhere out there you can actually get footage of Don Rickles burning like a giant cigarette as a screaming vampire. I mean that's the image I still can't get out of my head. Like, any image. I, that's like yeah, that exists. That actually yeah.
4: exists somewhere. Yes.
3: Someone said, "Let's do this," and someone else said, "Here's ten million dollars. Yes. Go do that, John Landis. Do, it, do it." Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, well, considering that, I will take that any day of the week over the Anne Ramsey image.
3: <laughs> that's true. <Oy> um, <laughs> that's true. Just thinking about that's making my lunch come back. Home. But but the All one right,
0: Craven yeah. movie that's probably over time proven out to be my favorite of his and it's definitely uh i guess you could say it's not forgotten completely i think there's still quite a few people that uh that really enjoy it but uh the people under the stairs i think that it's not perfect but for what it was you know what it was it's a little heavy-handed i mean i i know because the interesting thing with craven is he obviously injects either some sort of uh you know uh, sociological kind of commentary or psychological uh, you know, there's always these different elements that's what kind of makes him an interesting <clears throat> horror filmmaker is that he does try to put some layers in there other than let's just you know have a nubile co-ed get hacked up by a chainsaw which sure. which i know jason is a huge fan of so sorry jason no don't sorry. Not gonna <laughs> try it uh, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i don't <laughs> mean watching movies like that i mean actually doing that Chasing around New yeah, that's what I'm talking about. about. Don't
2: yeah. knock it till you try. Yeah, it. That's true.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen people under the stairs. Really, isn't See, that
0: sad? You no, know, it's not sad. It's totally not sad because it—it's I... it, one of those that lasted at the theater for like an nanosecond. But to the point you made at the end, it does have kind of a wacky ending, but not the yeah. plastic reality like. Uh, huh kind of ending. I mean, it's it's a little too pat of an ending in my opinion just based on the movie up to that point, but it's such a simple story it plays very much like a fairy tale. The main character's name is Alice. Uh well they well one of the main characters and uh right. but yeah, check it out people on the stairs if you haven't. That's a personal um favorite of here, mine.
2: Here and I thought you were going to say it was swamp thing cuz Oh, well yes, of course. Well it does have Adrian oh, Barbo. wow. does have
0: it. it does have <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> Adrian Barbo in it. I was going to say in a nighty in a swamp.
3: So I'm just saying, you know, I, I would have to go with the original scream as my favorite West That would movie.
0: be, that is up there with me as well. Yeah. I yeah. I know there's a lot of haters on the original scream. You know what? Scream. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah. What it is. It seems like people like to, especially in the horror genre, you know, fans, it, 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 Obviously, people that like both, I get that. But it seems like there's a lot of people that fall into the two camps: the, the you know, folks that like, like Scream, and you know, and then there's folks that like, uh, you know, either you know, the Hostile, Saw, Devil's Rejects, which I would argue isn't really a horror movie, but maybe House of 1000 right. is kind of uh, tone and mm-hmm. will act as if a movie like Scream doesn't even. Oh, that shouldn't even count because it's it's not really trying to, you know, rip your eyeballs from their sockets. Um, so yeah, that film, that film saved horror, man. I think so. I think it did too, and I think it, it's brilliantly yeah, constructed and, and written. I mean, uh, that opening 10 minute sequence.
3: That's amazing. It should be
0: you yeah. know, required viewing for film, you know, students. I mean, it's awesome the way it plays out. It's
3: brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and the thing that's interesting is that I, I feel like Wes Craven's filmmaking took a quantum leap with that film. Yeah. Really like did. I'm not a big fan of any of the scream uh, sequels, but I still think as a, as a filmmaker, he, there was something really kind of goofy and sort of low budget about his earlier work.
0: Yes, I mean mm-hmm. even when it
3: worked really well, I always felt like there was something kind of like not quite like kind of like almost like it was like a toy movie in a way.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And with Scream, he really leapt to this very like this very um, polished, yeah, very uh, masterful yeah. style. Nothing, no, no wrong notes at all in the way. I mean, even if you look at the Scream sequels, which are which are plagued by poor storytelling by poor screenplays. Um the filmmaking is still mm-hmm. uh it's still fairly top notch.
0: yeah and i I would argue he 's pretty well cursed notwithstanding um he 's pretty much uh stayed in that realm, i think since then i mean off the top of my oh well, and i didn't see my soul to take because I just looked retarded. uh but come on. Uh, music
3: of the heart come on oh uh, well
0: yes, the ultimate queen <laughs> and craven horror um but, actually, but red eye red eye while scared did you did, yeah did you see red Made eye sick. Red Eye was the one with, uh, what's his name from Batman? Cillian Murphy. Thank you, yes. Um, and while it's not a perfect movie, it's definitely got some uh, some plot issues. I think it, it's a really well-made suspense type of picture. And I would say Scream, because uh, this is another discussion, Jason and I have had ad nauseum, uh, of of what really defines like a horror movie. I like to make the argument, it's really got to have an element of the unknown, and I personally prefer it to have some kind of either supernatural or the question of supernatural trappings. Because even if you go back to the original Halloween, you know, Myers is really set up as a boogeyman, and he, you know, can yeah. be shot, and all this other... He's not just straight-up human. Uh, whereas, and, and obviously Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, you got this dream demon that, you know, it's just fantasy. I, I think mm-hmm. that Scream, I would make the argument, by that definition, really wouldn't be a horror movie as much as it would be a, just a really great suspense thriller you know, but sure. I think we might be just, you know,
3: splitting hairs well, at that point. It's interesting how that distinction happens, isn't it? I mean, yeah. like, Hostel, I get heard, Hostel is described often as a horror movie. Yeah. And it's really not. No.
2: Yeah. It's oh, gross. It's a, it's,
3: a, it's, a, it's a psychological suspense movie. Yeah. It's a thriller. There's There are two scenes of quote-unquote horror, and they're just really torture scenes. Mm-hmm. How is that different than, say, um say uh, in uh, Marathon Man? Mm-hmm. With oh, the, uh, guessing, you know, yes. Is it safe? Yeah. If we did a more graphic version of that, does that suddenly become a horror film? Yeah, no. Really? It's a,
0: yeah, it's a suspense I mean, picture. Yeah. I
3: I think there's a there's a certain um um I don't know if it's a marketing situation or a way a film is framed for the audience often when you go into it. But Hostel is definitely not a horror film. Scream uh, is definitely a slasher film. Yes. You know, and I think that slasher film has become a, understood as a subset Sub- of horror yes, movie, yes, but it yes. certainly has no psych uh, no. Um, no uh, um, supernatural no, no, or phantasmagorical elements.
0: Yeah,
3: and o- you're right. The original Halloween, which is also a slasher film, has this. Uh, I wouldn't say it's, uh, supernatural, but it has a mythos attached to it, yeah. which is uh, fairy tale esque. Which yeah. is definitely the fact that he is, he is the human embodiment of the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you could explain it through real world means, or you can, ex- or you can look at it and say, wow, he really is the boogeyman.
0: Well, and the other great you thing know, they- about Scream is the fact that it. Really, at, at, at its core, was a re- it really had a good mystery. Because I, I personally, maybe I'm just, you know, well, I, it's, not a, it's not a debate whether I'm an idiot or not. But maybe I just was completely, uh, you know, <laughs> gullible for it. But I didn't see the, you know, the twist. I didn't see it coming. And I didn't, uh, I mean, I had suspicions like, oh, maybe it's more than, you know, I didn't. Just in case you haven't seen Scream, I'm not going to go into it. But, um, yeah, I, I personally didn't see it coming. And I thought it worked really well. And if you really think back to, like uh, like, the original prom night. Um, uh, I think it was, a, um, uh, it was a terror train. Yes, terror train with Jamie. Yeah, Tr- yeah. <laughs> which is not a good movie. <laughs> no, but they definitely had a mystery component to them. Uh, where they it was the whole like you know yeah there were slasher films, but they were still trying to kind of keep this sort of you know who done it, who's the killer, uh, Agatha Christie you know str- you know murder on the Orient Express kind of deal. Um, but but I thought Scream had, at least had that element. It wasn't a Friday the Thirteenth, which I'm not going to lie. I have a soft spot especially for Part 6. Uh, but Friday the 13th, <laughs> you know, it doesn't have that slasher vibe to me. Mm. So. Right,
3: right. No, it's true and uh, the 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 uh the the mystery aspect of Scream is actually very unique in the or or it's not unprecedented, but it's it's definitely um unusual for the slasher genre. You know, and then of course every slasher film that came out after that copied the exact same formula of who's the killer. Yeah. That was absolutely Atrocious. That, yes. was, that was the unique animal that Scream really brought into it. Is that it, the whole plot is Who Done It? Yeah, through the lens of horror movies and through a, a postmodern, yes. uh, self-aware lens. Yeah, yep. it'd be like a zombie film in a world where people are aware of zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. Like every, I was, I was watching, I was watching Dawn of the Dead, and there's a whole learning curve in Dawn of the Dead, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. I should say. And in Zack Schneider's Dawn of the Dead, there's a whole learning curve where they, again they have to figure out that. They're dead and they're coming back to life, and you have to show they're not shooting them. Oh wait, try shooting them in the head. Oh, that works. There's a whole, yeah. uh, you know, the whole education of the rules yeah. thing. That if there was ever a zombie apocalypse in the real world, and it and it happened the way that we think that it would from the movies, there would be no learning curve.
0: Ah, uh, the yeah. brilliance yeah. of zombie zombies. Land.
4: The Boom. brilliance. The shoot br- for the head. That's going
3: to keep you down. The, the, we already all know
0: the double tap. The, yeah, the brilliance of Zombieland, no, no. man. That's the brilliance of Zombieland.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a zombie film. Well, no, it was in *Zombieland*. It was the same thing. Like they, they were, we were, we were, we were given the education through the narrator. But thing. the way it was
0: done, it was so, <laughs> it was awesome. I yeah. get your, I totally get your point. But yeah, it was that, I and, and I think the problem with the postmodern thing in my is that it, it, it does have, it has a um, shelf life <laughs> to where it, everybody being so self aware, I think, ends up generating all the subsequent, you know, I mean, not that *Urban Legends* and *Valentine* weren't awesome movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, oh, I'm sorry, Urban Legends 2. <laughs> Urban Legends 2 is the one I really loved. Um wow. Yeah. Uh not not that those weren't fantastic pictures, but it, it became this almost like um I don't know, self-congratulatory, you know, like masturbatory, you know, cinematic masturbation where we'd, oh, let's have everybody sit around and talk about all the movies they know about.
3: Well, sure. Yeah. Well, y- you guys are aware of the plot of hum- of uh, Human Centipede 2?
0: Ah uh, yes, I unfortunately read the detailed review. Yes.
3: <laughs> where 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 the where the sequel is about a guy who liked the first movie. Yes, yes, yeah. What the hell? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. no like, yeah. <laughs> I not like my film, therefore I'll make my second film about the, my
2: fans. Oh, literally. My God! Rise up, rise up, and so. And how do I milk? How do I milk? How do I milk my fifteen minutes to make it fifteen more minutes to pretend like it's somebody else's fifteen minutes? <laughs>
3: What he should do is he should he should, uh, he should should partner with Troy Duffy and make the Boondock Saints human uh, centipede movie. <laughs> and they <laughs> sew gangsters together. Uh, yeah. Uh, or they sew themselves together and fight crime. Actually, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see the, the, <laughs> so, Norman Reedus and, and Sean Flannery sewn together. <laughs> fighting crime. With... Uh... <laughs> And and fighting crime. That's what I would like to. As say. long as part three is just the part,
0: it just pretty much involves him, you know, unsewing his own head from his own ass. I'll totally be on right. <sighs> right. No offense. Well, that's the Rick fans. Perry version. Yes.
3: <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, oh, ouch. Oh. We went there. We, we did it. it. It's all right. We did it. It's out there. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yes,
0: oh. I would like to, gentlemen. Yes, now transfer to our picks. Thanks, Jason. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good segue, dude. Yes, yeah, segue. That, yes, yes.
0: Uh, so uh, we will. We will now. Uh, we we all have brought to the table a movie recommendation uh, that is in some way, shape, or form though I'll be a marginal, although before I do this real quick um since we didn't really get into it that much you know nightmare on Street episode and we talked a whole lot about horror movies but just not nightmare um <laughs> what were your thoughts as a you know you know like do you feel like you like it you hate it you couldn't care less i mean is it a is it a movie that for you
2: stands up go ahead paul you go first <laughs> uh, you know <laughs>
3: I, I, I do like the original Nightmare on Elm Street, but I, I think it's one that exists a bit in time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Like I'd be curious to see what what you know a teenager would think of it now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that I, I don't not, not that it's necessarily dated in the filmmaking aspects of it, but it, I think a lot of it was the uniqueness of it at the time yeah. rather than the way it's done. Yeah. It's, not, it's 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 an it's an okay directed film. Yeah. it's an okay written film. It's a yeah. mediocrely acted film uh, for the most part. Yeah. Um, It's well, with the exception of, of actually of Robert England who's amazing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, um, it's really, it's really unique and smart. Yeah. And I think at the time, you know, we hadn't seen something like that. And it was such a unique addition to that, to to horror at that time. Yeah. Sort of this low budget, 16 millimeter horror thing that started in the early seventies and kind of crested out in the late eighties or the mid eighties, um, but I don't, you know, so I like it. I own it on Blu ray. I mean, I've, I've watched it recently. Um, I just don't know. I, I don't know how it would hold up yeah, beyond, say, people who saw it when they were 12, 13, 14 years old or, or caught yeah. up with it in college.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Jason? I, I have to agree with you. I think it's the exact same thing. It feels like, you know, there are a lot of those movies, and we've talked about a, a bunch of them on the show, but there are a lot of those movies that are perfectly fit within the time frame that they are because they've set some trend or they have busted out of some mold. And at the moment they were just this amazing, refreshing new type of thing. And so they then become part of lore and you know, some of the scenes in this we talked about, you know, the wall scene and the bathtub scene. I mean, just those alone have, have the longevity that those scenes have and the, the kind of the, the landmark uh, um, feel of those that, that kind of sets it apart but then you go back and watch it and you think same type of thing it's like mm, you know it wasn't as scary as i remember it because since then so much else has been done and so many other things have been uh, have been remade so for me it wasn't nearly as scary as i remember i mean like when we talked about the thing last week that still for me had just the same sense and tension and feel as it did back when i watched it originally this Absolutely. one didn't yeah, and and this one just didn't have that as much. Now, I I will say that a lot of the the filmmaking elements and the music to this. I know we haven't talked about that yeah, yet,
0: but I was mention that. you know,
2: that that off-key piano that plays and um although every time I hear that sequence now, I'm ruined because I keep wanting to hear a certain other 80s song that came out after it. But um <laughs> Which we'll get into later, yeah. um, but you know, it it just it did have a great feel, and it and it of course set this whole thing in motion, which was the Nightmare on Elm Street series, which then you know built spilled over into the Friday the Thirteenth series, and so on and so forth. So, um, I would own it as a piece of history, but it doesn't stand out to me as one of the better or best horror films of all time. It just stands out as one of the most historic horror films in the at last, at least in the last you know twenty or thirty years. So,
0: well, I, I, well said. Yeah, they really Yeah. And, and I think that uh, I, I'm not going to just, you know, add to to what you guys said other than to say um, the I think the effects, regardless of the time periods, were extraordinarily, you know, well done. David Miller and company did a fantastic job out of the music. I was going to mention, Jason. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. The, the thing I think I appreciate the most about this, as I do with all of Craven's better movies, are his use of, you know, um, uh, psychology and sociology. And, you know, he was, a, I believe, he was a philosophy professor. And there's, there's so many interesting ideas like The idea in this of the sins of the father and, you know, just it's, it mm. makes it deeper on a level. And I think the ideas in this movie are profound enough that, yeah, it, it, you know, the kills, some of the kills, it could, I think they still would be shocking. I uh, Especially when you, if you were to tell an audience beforehand, none of this was done with computers.
4: <laughs> I, mm, I think well, that, yeah.
0: I, I think some of that would might, you know, get them um, in the right circumstance. But yes, to both of your points, I, I think it is dated in some ways. And in some ways, uh, I didn't hate the acting. I like Heather Camp, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I think that it just, there were moments where it felt like it was on the cusp of, just being uh, in in the same category of, of one of his films that didn't work, like Deadly Friend or Hills Have Eyes Two or whatever. Like it just yeah. it felt like he was always kind of teetering in that until Robert England shows up or that music kicks in or whatever. I think if you don't have those elements, you have one of those other movies. So uh, yeah. you know, it definitely it's you know not a perfect film, but purely from you know the the iconic perspective and the ideas in it, definitely check it out. Okay,
2: and and, and Wes learns eventually, eventually in his movies that uh when some stranger out in the dark yard calls your name girls generally don't go out the door and go looking for it
4: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah was the it one like... thing i was screaming yeah. this whole thing yeah. every time that happened they're like who's there who's out there i'm in just my shirt and my undies i'm gonna go out in the yard mm-hmm. and see who's there some strange boy no
0: i'm sorry okay.
4: <laughs> that <laughs> happened
0: <laughs> well on that note gentlemen let us intro the flix picks hold on Okay, well, I do believe we will do the reverse of what we did last time. We will start off with our guest. So, Paul, what is your movie recommendation? Hopefully, it's not uh, one you know, of ours.
3: I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go with a film called uh, The Hidden. Okay. Nice. Uh, it's directed by Jack Shoulder, who directed Nightmare on Elm Street Two, yes, also released did. by New Line, yes, who released did. all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hidden, I, I you guys, I'm sure you're familiar with The Hidden, but mm-hmm. The Hidden is a uh, is a uh, sci-fi action film about a uh, a criminal alien who comes to earth and basically inhabits the bodies of humans. And it's obsessed with experience with drinking and gambling, drinking and and (laughs) sex and violence and driving fast and loud music. And it basically takes these bodies and goes in these crime rampages. And the police are suddenly chasing these people who suddenly seem to go off on these crazy crime sprees and kill them but of course the alien is able to keep the bodies alive longer than they normally would so they shoot him shoot him shoot him shoot him shoot him, shoot him fill them with bullets until finally they seem to die but of course the alien leaves the body goes mm-hmm. to someone else and inhabits them and the crimes precepts all over again and comic comes down to earth inhabiting the body of a dead fbi agent uh, and posing as that fbi agent um he goes down to earth to track down and stop this alien criminal and there's two great things about it well, was a lot of great things about this movie but two, my two favorite things about this movie. Uh, one is it's got the highest number of squibs used in any film I've ever seen <laughs> because they need to shoot these people three bazillion times so that the human bodies die and the alien will leave it. And that's the only time they can actually kill the alien is when it's between <laughs> bodies. So they got to get it before it slithers into somebody else. Uh, And uh, so it's just the squib guy, I think, must have retired from all the squibs. Like, I just I did 75,000 squibs in one film. I'm going to go to Hawaii. Um, (laughs) uh, The second thing about it is it's the it's the exact psychological opposite of the Terminator. The Terminator is this, you know, obviously the machine from the future who's come to kill John Connor. So he is all purpose. He's all super ego. He's all higher meaning, higher message. And he's Mm -hmm. ignoring the ego, which is how you navigate reality. He's just, he's going to walk through the door, walk through the wall, walk across the street, doesn't matter if you shoot him or not, trying to fulfill his superego. Whereas in the hidden, the creature is all id. All he wants is, you know, Hmm. great food, great sex, loud music, fast cars, the thrill of killing people, all these, you know, these, he wants it. He wants it now, like a baby. Mm -hmm. He wants that, you know, who wants to grab the cake out of your hand. Um, so he's all id, And again, Everything's being driven by the id. Doesn't care about the mm. the ego, about navigating reality. You can shoot him a thousand times; he's coming after that fast car. Um, and that's uh, my pick.
0: That is an excellent pick. And I and I uh, two things. One, you gotta love a movie with a baby who just wants to have sex and drive fast cars. <laughs> oh, well, you're what? saying oh, you're saying the id. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I completely misunderstood. <laughs> Second. <laughs> Second full confession time. I'm very familiar with the movie. Never seen it, and I've always it's been in my queue. Oh. I know, dude. I'm mean, I'm admitting it. I don't care. I don't care who knows. Oh, there are there are like a Gosh. whole four uh, horror films from dude. the '80s I have never seen. It. That's one of them.
3: You yeah. have to see the hit. It's yeah. it's an it's an amazing film. Michael Nyree, mm-hmm. Tom McLaughlin, and lots and lots of Squib Death. Oh, when you insane, got, you yeah, and yeah, and I
0: love lots and lots of Squib Death.
3: <laughs> and I love Colin McLaughlin. Amazing, so.
0: Yes, Tom McLaughlin's There's, great too.
3: The thing is that they never shoot the in the head. Like, they, they know they have to shoot it 5,000 times to kill it at this point. They know they have to do it. And, and, he's, and he's there, and he's got a gun, and he's shooting him, And there's, like, literally 70 or 80 cops shooting this, you know, this guy full of holes trying to get the alien out of it. And they never go for the head. It's so, always on the body. In that way, it's, it's sort crazy. of the
0: opposite of our next, uh, to foreshadow our next uh, episode in the October Spooky Flicks Fest, sort of the opposite of Night of the Creeps, then. Because mm. in that one, that's exactly what you go for.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Thrill me.
0: So, Jason, what is your pick?
2: Oh, mine's not nearly as um,
4: <clears throat> uh,
2: not nearly as good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was a favorite of mine, and I'm actually going to go with uh, Dreamscape from 1984. Okay. Oh, Dennis it. Quaid and uh, Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, directed by... Joseph Rubin!
0: Yay! <laughs> who, who did The Stepfather, the one that doesn't suck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course. I had to throw that in for Joel, because... He also did um, a couple that I love. He did uh, Sleeping with the Enemy, which uh, is a really good flick. I thought that was a good suspense. And then The Good Son, um, which I really liked. But mainly well. because but you then, get course... to hear
0: Macaulay Culkin say the F word. <laughs> of
2: course. Hey, he was creepy in that. He should have done more. <laughs>
0: and Elijah Wood hasn't aged a day.
2: He, yeah, he's weird. weird. <laughs> yeah. He drinks something to do that. I'm sure that's the yeah. blood of unicorns or something like yeah. that. I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but he also directed the stepfather, which we've uh, covered on here. And, and who's in that uh, movie, Jason? Uh, who's a favorite in, of ours, Jason? Who's the, um, who's in the stepfather?
0: Is it, is it uh... um, Jill Schoelen? Yes, it is. And uh, who else?
2: I forget the guy who played the stepfather. Terrio Terry was. Quinn oh, Jason God, yes. yeah Terry Quinn. how can I forget thirty episodes thirty eight episodes in yeah, we got Terry Quinn, so <laughs> but um but Dreamscape is basically the the story of uh Dennis Quaid's character um alex has this uh power to kind of go into dreams, he's actually kind of a. Um, um, a psychic and and has his, his powers. He's been trained by the government, and then he kind of runs away. And they they need him because the president's mind has been trapped. Um, and they kind of teach him to go into someone else's dreams, and he does, and even kind of does at one point to get to his love interest, um, which you know, who of us wouldn't do that? Um, but uh, <laughs> um, it's it's a fun, it's kind of a fun romp. It's got a little, it's kind of got a little dark feel to it. And Dennis Quaid. Um, gets a little bent in this, which is kind of cool. And of course, Max von Sydow, who my favorite flick that he was in <laughs> strange brew. Um, so <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I love that. That's the max von Sydow flick. That's your favorite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in because there's yeah. so <laughs> he's had such a storied career. I got to throw in one of his, you know, off movies, but yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's quite good in this as well, but anyway, so it's dreamscape. Um, From uh, the 1984
0: Same. Well, before I get into mine, um, how does that relate to Nightmare? Just kidding. So, yes, I picked Phantasm from 1979. The story of a young boy and his tall man and silver spears that go through your head. (laughs) (sighs) Yes, it is the story of Mike. Oddly enough, played by an actor named Mike. Uh, Guess I was just, you know, to save time. And uh, yes, he uh, is recently lost his parents. He and his older brother, Jody, who is a musician, rocking it out. And they have a friend, played by the great Reggie Bannister, who interestingly is named Reggie in the movie. Hmm. And he's also an ice cream truck driver. Uh, long story short, people are dying in town. Weird things are happening. The main characters attribute it to this uh, funeral home that is uh, owned and operated by the tall man, played by the great Angus Scrim, <clears throat> who is in fact in this movie anyway, very, very tall and creepy. <laughs> and he, uh, it turns out, you know, mild spoiler alert, but you figured it out pretty early on, is uh, doing something with the dead. Um, and for all intents and purposes, these intensive purposes, he's turning them into um, Jawas. He's <laughs> basically creating a <laughs> Jawa army. <laughs> And the the entire film has this very nightmarish, dreamlike quality. The tall man is, is, is a little Kruger-esque. He's got, you know, he doesn't really have very many one-liners in this picture. There's actually three sequels. Um, but he's definitely got the same sort of Kruger vibe. A little less, he's definitely not as manic. Um, but uh, he sort of appears, you know.
2: It's
1: uh, just a dream. It's just a yeah, dream. Yeah, but, no, it's not. Yeah. Boy! <laughs> so... <laughs> Yes, uh, and it was written and directed
0: by Don Coscarelli, who I'm a huge fan of. He did Bubba Hotep. Tep, oh, yeah. Yes, and Beastmaster. Come on, folks. And oh. all four Phantasm films. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, Phantasm 1979. Check it out one time, won't you? So The
3: image of uh, the tall man walking down the street in slow motion. Oh, I love that, yeah. It's one of the creepiest images I've ever seen because he just doesn't walk right. Yeah, like that yeah. That guy's already slow-mo, so yeah. it's already a little bit but. It, Angus Scrimm does not walk like a human.
0: No, and if you mm-hmm. watch, the, watch the behind the scenes that particular scene if you pay attention, he's actually at that point they had cuz he was I think he was about 62, 63, but they made they wanted to make him like 67, 68, so they actually put like these, you know, 6 5 or 6-inch platform shoes on him. So That's why. Yeah, so if you watch yeah, if you look at his feet weird. It, it, those shoes are huge they try to make it look like a normal boot but <laughs> there's no way <laughs>
2: frankenstein effect it pretty much yeah. has a
0: frankenstein effect yeah. yeah but it definitely adds a level of creep and it's it's, it's otherworldly like the way he's moving it just yeah. doesn't seem right and yeah, i agree with that and, and it's funny you bring that up but in just quick tangent i don't know if jason we may have mentioned this a long time ago but one of the creepiest moments not gory not anything but do you ever see exorcist 3 the heretic no. Yeah, the no. one with um, uh B- 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 Her- Heretic you know? is number two. That's Heretic. I'm sorry. The Exorcist three. Did it have a sub? Uh, did it have a subtitle? I don't know if it did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Georgie Scott. I don't know. hey yeah, yeah. Scott is the detective. And okay. There's a scene in it, and everybody knows this scene who's seen this freaking movie where a nurse is going through. It's this long shot. I think Blatty directed it, so it's this long, extreme shot at the end of a hallway, and all into camera never moves, locked down into the hallway, you know, eye level, nothing fancy, and you see her go to this door at the end of the hall, open it up, go in, turn off a light or something, come out, lock the door. She goes into this other room that's off to the left-hand, uh, you know, like if we're straight down the hallway, it's mm-hmm. on the left-hand side, straight ahead for her. She goes in. We see her go in. She does something inside, turns off a light, closes the door, locks it. Oh, wait, she kind of forgets something, goes in, and reaches. If I remember correctly, she goes and then locks it, steps out. As soon as she does, the door flies open, and this. I only thing I can compare it to is like he looks almost like a. <laughs> It's gonna sound horrible. A clansman. <laughs> Cause he's like just, <laughs> it, it's like all white. Like it just, it, and he's got these giant metal shears aimed at her neck. And he's like a foot and a half behind her. And the music, like, and just, and he just, <laughs> and he's like walking like straight legged, really, really fast behind her. She has no idea he's there. And they go past the corner. And that's all you see. Dude. I watched that scene over and over again, and it freaked my ass out. Every, I don't know wow. what it was. Just watch, go online, go YouTube. I'm sure it's there. Creepy ass Exorcist 3. Yeah. Head, you know, uh, creepy clansman. <laughs> wow. That's... I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it, dude. <laughs> it is some creepy ass stuff. So, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, on that note, gentlemen, uh, uh, any final words, Paul? Anything you'd like to tell the folks where they could find you or uh, any of that kind of good well, stuff?
3: Well, you know, uh, you can follow me on, uh, on Twitter, Paul Makes Movies. Uh, my new film is called Favor. The website is Favor Movie. Although there's not a whole lot there right now. Um, also, want to add about Dreamscape, which I, I do love. Uh, I believe that was the very first PG-13 movie.
0: It was, yeah, it was, really, yeah. Well, I know that uh-huh. well. Gremlins and Raiders. I mean, not Raiders. Um, Temple of Doom caused
3: the the kerfuffle, yeah, they right? They caused it, but they were PG. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah, those are often thought of as those are the first PG-13 movies, but, but they not. weren't. They you're were right PG, so right. and there was a big parental uproar about it. So the MPA created That's PG-13, right. and I believe Dreamscape was the first film. With the PG-13 rating, nice. A little known fact, and also it's hard to find that film in its original theatrical form. There's some video version where they edit, edit out some of the nudity in the mm-hmm. film, mm-hmm. *One of the Dreams*, and oh. that's the version that that you can't get the original version anywhere. See, I while. I already
0: re- I always remember that when we rented it, being like surprised at like you know however old I was, ten or nine or whatever, and and, and you know seeing boobies. Because, yeah, you know,
3: well, they cut the boob. It's in the, it's in the dream when the guy's talking about his wife cheating yeah. on him. Yeah, I remember that. Right, right, right. Apparently, that's been cut out now.
0: Hmm. I don't know uh. why. Well, then why is it PG 13? <laughs> it
3: yeah. seems odd to me, but apparently, I, I wanted to get the Blu ray. I was reading the reviews, and there's some uproar about it not being the original theatrical version. And I'm like, am I going to let two boobs keep me from owning Dreamscape and High Def? I don't know. Right. It <laughs> might. <laughs> It might, because two weeks, a new one will come out. As soon as I buy this, then I'll be like, pissed off. I don't have to- Yeah, oh, Especially if yeah. Lucas
0: has bought the rights, and you can guarantee.
3: they'll <laughs> no, no, be- no, because then they would be like, then they'd be like alien boobs. Or yeah, something. they'll
0: be digitally lifted. There'll be three of them. It'll be like That's total recall. To say, no! <laughs>
3: yeah. Digitally lactating Lucas boobs. <laughs> oh, God, help us all. It'd be Lucas's boobs, actually.
0: So- Whoa. Yeah, exactly.
3: It's, you know what it is? It'd be his neck, that ne- tire neck fatty has, as boobs but two of them on our, our chest. Jesus. So Paul's Lucas next film, coming on show. I, I said I did,
0: and Paul's <laughs> next film after favor will not be one of the star Wars, uh, sequels that take place after the original trilogy.
3: Yeah. I don't want to. Well, Sorry, you know, Paul,
0: if you, if you need us to cut that part, it's... cause I, I know, I know, I know. I understand. I understand how it works out there. So if you,
3: need... <laughs> i I've screwed the pooch now
0: you did really have, just buddy. Burn you. you
3: Blacklisted. Oh
0: God, you're never going to get but to go. The Captain Crunch
3: movies, I'm set.
0: That's true. <laughs> you're never going to get on Skywalker Ranch. It's never going to happen because you know Lucas has people that listen to this podcast. You know he does. Of course. Ewoks, Ewoks and Jawas he's that got, sit around. He's got
3: nothing better to do. Yeah, no. exactly. Wouldn't
0: that be
4: great?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. It's so sad, you're am
4: sorry.
2: <laughs>
0: go mess. Go screw up one of your original oh. classic movies. So anyway, on that note, Jason, would you like to throw out the voicemail feedback number?
2: Yes, by all means, give us a call uh, anytime, anywhere, 206-203-0491, and uh, all long-distance rates apply, and uh, give us a call now for, well, I guess you should have given us a call before, but our next movie, which is?
0: It will be Night of the Creeps.
2: Exactly. Yes, 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 yes.
0: I was trying to think, like, okay, we're recording this so like a week and a half early.
2: <laughs> no, I know I'm asking you to think time warp. Yeah, period, but... dude, come on Sorry. now, come on.
0: Now. <laughs> yes, now give us a call. Creeps. We'll put you on yes. the air. Thrill <laughs> us, please do. And uh, check us out, forgottenflicks.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I am flicks. Uh, I almost said flick sidekick. <laughs> Freudian no, slip. No, you are not. Yeah, <laughs> I am forgotten flicks. That is flick sidekick. That would be the Jason. And you can also check out our Facebook page. Please, uh, you know, click on that little like button so we know that you like us. You really like us. And, uh, Jason, you want to give him one more little reminder because we're whores? Yep.
2: Don't forget to go to podcastawards.com every single day and put in your vote uh, for the Forgotten Flicks podcast under the movie and film category.
0: And they could vote every single day, but just not every hour. Mm, yes. Oh, uh, okay. mm, yeah, uh, please. Okay. Not that we would do uh, that or anything. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. And I just want to close with, uh, Paul. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here, so – Thank oh, you very, guys. Yeah, it's man. It's been, been
0: awesome, dude. We really yeah. appreciate it. I really, and I'm without just blowing smoke up your ass. I really enjoyed official rejection and uh, wouldn't it be great if I had said that and like screwed up the title. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I really enjoyed so uh, Thank um, you. that documentary <laughs> thing you made. Um,
2: I really love red state. You did a great job. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes.
0: Yes.
3: Why thanks kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, Thank man. you guys. I, I really, I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it touched someone out there.
0: Oh, it, oh, it touched me. Oh no, I was touching myself while watching. Never mind. What? On that Lloyd note, butt. that's We're right. Lord
3: Coughlin's butt once
0: yeah. more. I, I didn't say what scene it was. <laughs> so be sure to stick around uh, after the music. There might be a surprise.
1: That it would be groovy If we summon up the posse And dumbbushed the movie I got Angie Jeff got Tina Ready rock got Some girl I've never seen in my life That was alright though cause the lady was chill Then we dipped to the theater said to ill buggin' co having a ball And something about Elm Street was the movie we saw. The way it started was decent, you know, nothing real fancy about this homeboy named Fred and this girl named Nancy. But word when it was over, I said, yo, that was death. And everything seemed alright when we left. But when I got home and laid down to sleep, that began the nightmare on my street. (gasps) My room, like an oven, my bed soaked with sweat, and man, I was plugging. I checked the clock, it had stopped at 12.30, 30. It had melted, it was so darn hot, and I was thirsty. I wanted something cool to quench my thirst. I thought to myself, yo, this heat is the worst But when I got downstairs, I noticed something was wrong I was home all alone, but the TV was on I thought nothing of it, as I grabbed the remote I pushed the power button, and then I almost choked When I heard this awful voice coming from behind It said, you to now you must die Man, I ain't even waiting to see what was. broke outside in my drawers, it screamed so long, cuz Got halfway up the block, I calmed down and stopped screaming and thought Oh, I get it, I must be dreaming I strolled back home with a grin on my grill I figured since this is a dream, I might as well get ill I walked in the house, the big bad fresh prince But Freddy killed all that noise real quick He grabbed me by my neck and said Here's what we we'll we got a lot of work here Me and you, the souls of your friends, you and I will play. Body, and I, got the I said, yo, Fred, I think you got me all wrong. I ain't partners with nobody with nails that long. Look, I'll be honest, man, this team won't work. The girls won't be on you, Fred, your face is all burned. Got mad and his head started screaming. But I thought, what the hell? I'm only dreaming. I said, please leave Fred so I can get some sleep. But well, give me a call, and maybe we'll hang out next week. I pat him on the shoulder, said thanks for stopping by. Then I opened up the door and said, Take care, guy, he got mad, drew back his arm and slashed my shirt. <laughs> I laughed at first and thought, hold up, that hurt. It wasn't a dream, man. This guy was for real. I said, Freddy uh, how it's been an awful mistake here. No the words And then I darted upstairs Crashed through my door Then jumped on my bed Pulled the covers up Over my head and Said, oh please Do something with Fred He jumped on my bed But through the covers With his claws Tried to get me But my alarm went off And then silence It was a whole new day I thought <laughs> I wasn't scared of him anyway Until I noticed Those rips in my sheets And that was proof That there had been A nightmare on my street Come on, come on, come on, Jeff answer.
4: Come
1: on. Hello, Jeff. He's Prince man. Jeff, wake up. Jeff, wake up. What do you want? Jeff, wake up, man. Listen to me, Jeff. Jeff, 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 would you listen to me? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Jeff, listen to me. Don't go to sleep.